So with the great burden of closing this wonderful night, and terrifying night, Liam Ryan. Liam is a comedian, improviser and writer. He performs comedy regularly at festivals and comedy clubs, and this year he edited the book Damned Science. Where's my overboard? Liam. Hello. Um, how about a round of applause for running this night, everyone, for Laboistoy? Give him a round of applause. How good is this? This is um, super wonderful, uh, enjoyable time. Thanks for having me. Um, I, uh, I, I feel like I'm the, the idiotic palate cleanser for the night. We've had so many intelligent people up here. I've just come to sort of be the after-dinner idiotic mint so we can go <laughs> off into society without feeling too superior, all right? So I... Thank you very much. That's uh, thank you. Good night. Okay. <laughs> Almost pulled it out of the wall. Um, so yes, go with me. Um, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> what? But your hair is so sciency. No, <laughs> hurtful. How dare you, ma'am? Think that. Um, no, I've I've, uh, I've made my peace with that. My um. When you've got curly hair like this, you realise very quickly that by the time you hit the age of 50, you're just going to look exactly like a mad professor. So I've made my peace with that. It's true, my, my dad looked exactly like me at like 32 and now he's out there in the wild cruising around with this crazy sort of orb of white hair looking like the doc from the Back to the Future movie. He's like, Marty, get there! And he's a nice guy, but he just looks out of place any time he's not sort of surrounded by bubbling beakers and electromagnetic pulses and the reanimated dead sort of pausing to beat his hunchback with a newspaper and swing on a bell tower and throw tiles at the villages below. Don't know where I'm going with that, but he's in that situation once or twice a year, so it's a hard rap for any curly-haired man. Um, I am not a scientist. Uh, <laughs> this feels a bit forced, I'll stand. Okay, um, uh, but I did, I did, uh, I compiled a book called, um, <laughs> the recoil on that number, Jesus, that's cool. Um, I did compile a book called Damn It Science, Where's My Hoverboard? Um, available at all good bookstores, gang. Thank you and good night. No, um, it, uh, it's just basically a, a, uh, it's a gifty humour book and it's just sort of uh, basically a collection of quotes of erroneous predictions about the future. Just scientists and all those ridiculous predictions that people have made about, you know, we're all going to be living in Jetson-like cities at this stage and um, televisions will never be popular and all things like that. And um, it was a lot of fun to uh, put together, but... Uh, what I realised when I was sort of pulling all the quotes together, a lot of the people in there are very famous scientists and very well sort of known people. And I realised there were two really distinct camps and one of them were the sort of the brainiacs who were inventing everything and just had ideas sort of flowing out of them constantly. So of course they were going to make a couple of dud picks here and there. You know, you could, like you're having all those ideas. They were winning on the ideas race. Of course they were going to make some stupid ideas. Like that's going to happen. Um, you know, like Lord Kelvin, who like he's one of the famous ones who just predicted he was you know in the um, like 1890s predicted that radio is a hoax, X-rays will never be usable, and human-powered flight is the stuff of fantasy. And that's 0 for three. I mean, that's a bad record. But you know, when you've been spending your life establishing absolute zero and driving physics. What's a couple of dud picks between friends? That's fine. I forgive that shit. And then there was another smaller group, another smaller group of well-known people who made bad predictions, but their predictions, their bad predictions, were driven by something else. They were driven by self-interest. They were trying to sort of belittle other findings to promote their own. They were sort of trying to make themselves big by making other people like be small. They were trying to crush 
other competitors so they may rise up and rule the world with their inventions. They were, dare I say it, potential supervillains. <laughs> and falling into that camp, for your enjoyment tonight, I present to you maybe a very well-known person, the most well-known person, but as I reminded you earlier, I am an idiot, so let's go with something mainstream to finish off the night. Am I right, gang? Yeah. Ooh, thank God, because it's coming either way you want it. All right, and that's <laughs> excellent. Woos are acceptable currency here at Le Beau-Estoir. Um, my, uh, the villain, my supervillain is Thomas Edison. A lot of fans in tonight, fantastic. <laughs> Sadly, you all know about it, so just switch off or enjoy the ride that I'm about to do this. Um, so what do we know about Thomas Edison? He um, made a practical light bulb, didn't invent it, but made a practical light bulb, which I guess is useful for seeing this <laughs> and also for communicating when your cartoon character is having an awesome idea. So, I mean, that's handy. Um, what I, I, like, developed the phonograph and um, ways of capturing the mu moving image. Which, um, I mean, without him, basically, we'd be living in a world without the recordings of Miley Cyrus and access to Laserdisc copies of Transformers 3D. And in that world, I think the living would envy the dead, ladies and gentlemen. So, look, he's not a Nazi. I'm not saying he's a Nazi. But he um, certainly was a bit of a douchebag and has all the hallmarkings of a potential supervillain that I'm presenting to you tonight. And I like the comic book absurdity that he has the potential to be. So, if you look at it on paper, supervillain, he has insane genius, a lot of wealth, he had an awesome lair in Menlo Park, he had henchmen doing his very bidding. He was basically Lex Luthor. So, every supervillain, like Lex Luthor, needs a superhero to oppose him and quash his evil dreams of world domination. Not saying Edison wanted to dominate the world. That's not what I'm saying. Um, so, playing the hero card tonight is obviously Nikola Tesla, who we all know and love, who was a Serbian inventor, whoever is radical, but and all the markings of a superhero. He was sort of mysterious. He, uh, he, he was he's underappreciated in his time up to now. And on more than one occasion, he harnessed electricity out of thin air and held it in his hands. Like fucking Thor, God of Thunder. There's your hero, all right? Now, um, at some stage, Nikola Tesla thought, ugh, Europe, <laughs> gonna go over, go over stateside, work for Edison. So he ended up working for Edison for a bit and apparently did a lot of shitty jobs, that's fine, whatever. But I think they just had an uncomfortable working relationship prompted at one stage where he, um, Edison said, hey, if you can improve this dynamo, I'll give you a little bit of sweet cashola. And, uh, and Tesla went, sweet action. I went in on the ground floor. Let's do this. Direct quote. And um, <laughs> like toiled like crazy, did it, improved this dynamo and said, where's my sweet cash money? Quote. And um, Edison said, sorry, Holmes, you obviously don't understand American humour. Fuck that. <laughs> Ripped him off. And also a little bit racist. So... They obviously had a very strained working relationship, but I like them because they're like the original odd couple. One was very tall, Tesla. Um, I'm not going to call Edison short, but he was my height, short-ish, average. Edison was famously unhygienic and a bit messy. Tesla was an obsessive, compulsive germaphobe. Nikola Tesla was also abstinent, so he could focus on his developments and scientific advancement. Edison at one stage married a 16-year-old girl. 
Now, I'm not here to judge anyone's lifestyle choice, but abstinence is fucking mental. <laughs> okay? So, they also, they also fell out horribly in their arguments between alternating current and direct current. In the camp of alternating current, we obviously have... No, we obviously have Tesla. And in the direct current camp, we obviously have Edison, the asshole who we've established. So they fell out over this. Westinghouse promoted direct current, alternating current, along with our good friend Tesla. And when the public got a bit of wind that, hey, alternating current might be the way forward, let's start juicing our cities up with this. Direct quote. I'm sorry, these are unbackable quotes, okay? I can't, I can't back these up. Look them up later. When the public got wind that this might be a good thing, Edison lost his fucking mind, and this is where he switched into full-blown supervillain mode under the war of the currents. <laughs> so was there, was there going to be a fireworks? Was that... Oh, sorry. Nat assured me there'd be fireworks. That's fine. We can use... Next time. Next time. She assured me there'd be fireworks. There is not, so I, I, I apologise on behalf of Nat. Okay. <laughs> And the war of the... By the way, side note, if you research current wars, you just get a whole lot of Syria. So if you're looking for it, say war of the currents. Any whom. Uh, um, so the war of the currents started. So Edison flicked his little supervillain switch and thought, right, let's start a propaganda campaign proving that alternating current is only good for killing everything you have ever cared about on this planet Earth. And he went insane, up to including trying to promote the idea that, hey, instead of saying he got electrocuted, why don't we all say he got Westinghoused? Which is fucking stupid, because that just sounds awful and also makes Edison sound like a bit of a bitch. So he just, like, like just sort of propaganda. He went Goebbels on the, on the situation. But that wasn't enough. He thought it up the supervillainy. So he thought, hey, I say, hey, chaps, hey, henchmen, come in here. So he's in his lair right now, like stroking his white cat on his swivel chair. And he calls a couple of bored dudes in who are about four foot high and drooling. And he says, hey, gang, let's get evil. Let's get evil up in this biznitch. And um, let's, I say, find a way of executing people we don't want in our society. So he helped develop the electric chair using alternating current to prove how deadly it was going to be by cooking our fellow human being. What a dickhead. Right? So he helped develop one of the symbols of death of prisoners in the 20th century. A-hole! But he wasn't done there. He thought, hey gang, people still think I'm a pretty rad dude. And everyone is going AC crazy still. Let's really fucking up the evil genius quotient. What should we do? And now, I don't know if they had a brainstorming meeting or whether he just sort of sent this out via email saying this is going to be, this is the way we're going forward, gang. But somehow, in whatever fucking brainstorm sitch they had cooking, they decided, hey, I say what? Let's go, chaps. Let's go, henchmen. And let's go start collecting stray animals from the streets and just start electrocuting them, killing them to prove how deadly alternating current is. Now, I've been in offices where they've made a lot of crazy decisions at board meetings, but I really don't know how that one got floated. It's gonna, what do we need? What are people really... What's going to get people's attention? Sort of, babies? I'm not a monster. <laughs> puppies? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking puppies. Anyway, so killing a lot of stray dogs, kittens, puppies, whatever. But he wasn't done there. When the battle was lost, when everyone was sort of a bit AC pro, let's fucking let's push AC all the way to the bank, he thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out a loser. Now, what's the definition of an insanity? 
It's sort of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So he was frying animals over and over again and expecting people to cotton on. And but his final, his final like last panel of the comic strip was reserved for one of our largest animals. I don't know if he couldn't get his hands on a blue whale, but he thought, we'll really show how deadly alternating current is. And he had in his sights one Topsy the Circus Elephant. A few family members in there, Vale Topsy. Um, so on Coney Island, on a beachfront, after Topsy had, it must be said, killed a few people herself. So I mean, Topsy's not innocent here, gang. I, I don't want to be all pro-Topsy. Um, that's a weird thing. Okay, um, so they sort of like got Topsy out, and on a day on the Coney Island waterfront that can only be described as the grimmest family day out in about 150 years, Edison's henchmen and cronies electrocuted to death Topsy the elephant to fight a war that had already been lost. Vale Topsy, who killed a few people. Vale. So, um, friends, I don't know where I was going with this, but I just seem to keep talking, and here we are. Checks, watch, re-engages with audience. I feel we have gone on long enough. Um, so, uh, Edison's a D-bag, but we knew that already. So, uh, thank you very much for your attention. This was a lot of fun. I hope you've uh, enjoyed tonight, and thanks very much, La Bauestoire, for um, having me here tonight. I can't pronounce it correctly, but that's fine. Okay, thank you very much. My name's Liam Ryan. Cheers.